Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. I'm Kim Grinolds of Dogman.com with Chris Fetter, Scott Eklund. We are high above Husky Stadium where the University of Washington defeated Arkansas State 52-3 in front of an announced crowd of <coughs> 58,772. <coughs> I'd say it was at least 25,000 below that. Yeah. Um, game time was... And this was band day, by yeah, the way. What yeah. would it have been like without band day? Well, I think they were counting the seagulls and the uh, blades of uh, turf down there. And I guarantee you there were more seagulls here 15 minutes after the game was over than people. Yeah. Uh, 64 degrees at kickoff, first half. Not real pleasant weather-wise. We had a pretty heavy... Pretty heavy, steady rain for the entire first half. Second half kind of spared us a little bit. But, uh, you know, story of the day was Washington's offense. They came through in a big way with 598 total yards of offense. Well, I, I'll go with your price. That, if you think the opinion was it was all about the offense, that, it, they certainly executed. But we knew Arkansas State was a sieve defensively. I mean, they had given up 55 points last week to Memphis. Now, Memphis obviously very good offense. But the bottom line is, is if Washington could just figure out a way to execute and come up with a half-decent game plan, they had the bodies to be able to move the ball. And they finally were able to do it because they decided to open things up a little bit, start with the pass to kind of generate a little bit of offense, and then after the, after the first three and out, which of course you could hear a little bit of the Boo Birds, that second uh, series was when they were able to you know, finally loosen up the defense. Uh, Dylan Morris found Jalen McMillan for a 39-yard pass down the, down the field on the, on the south side. And then after that, they were able to go in and score. Obviously, throwing the ball deep really, really helped. I think, Scott, in your story, you had that pass as the, kind of the, yeah. the play of the game that kind of opened things up. And from there on out, they were kind of able to do what they wanted because they had some run-pass balance. You guys were up here working, and I think that they fed you Jimmy Lake's post-game press conference. Yes. Did yep. you guys, I didn't stuff, listen that closely. Listen a little bit. Listen a little bit. I thought he took a couple of shots at John Donovan talking about opening the game up to open up those running games, running lanes, and then not running such a conservative, predictable offense. So they definitely came out throwing the ball a lot more today than I anticipated. Well, see, when I'm, Kim, when I always – and it doesn't matter if we're not necessarily talking about Jimmy Lake when I'm talking about this. I'm talking about any coach – that's coached at Washington, It's had offensive coordinators, it's tried to do things. I've always been told that, you know, not only is it the players who practice the best that week are going to play, and that goes to Lake's talk about being an equal opportunity employer, but it's always been about trust. And do you trust the players out there to go out and make plays? And I frankly just don't know or haven't seen any evidence to suggest that John Donovan trusted Dylan Morris. And I think it took Jimmy Lake, now this is me in my putting my tin, tinfoil hat on, thinking that Jimmy Lake had to force John Donovan's hand and say, look, we got to throw the ball out. we got to, we got to let him loose a little bit. 
We've got to let him go down the field. And if it means we throw a pick or two, we've seen that already. But we've got to take some shots. And we're going up against a defense that's a sieve. But so if we can't do that, then we've got some real issues. Well, you talk about trust. They got somebody back that they obviously trust who was huge in the first half in Jalen McMillan. Scott, how big of a difference? How big of a difference did he make? Oh, he, yeah. But what was the running joke yeah. in the press box? Yeah. He like quintupled his his career production yeah. in yeah. the first quarter. Yeah, it was it was impressive the way he caught the ball because I'll tell you what, that's not the Jalen McMillan we saw in nope. spring ball and in fall camp or even last year. He was having struggles hanging onto the ball. He finishes with ten receptions, 175 yards, and a touchdown. Didn't have a drop that I remember. But what did he have? Eight for 150 in the first half. Eight for 152. Yeah, yeah. he was yeah. the first. He was the first Pac-12 player to have a first uh, a first half wide receiver. Yep. Yep. First wide receiver to have a first half of over 150 yards. Since John Ross did it against California that's, in that's 2016. That's all Pac-12 receivers. Correct. That's every Pac-12 receiver. But Scott, having him out there, is that something that added another dimension oh, to, the offense, to the offense? Or was it just I, something that they were playing better? I think it's obvious that it did. I, I, I mean, look, he could have done that all day. That defensive back that was on him was scared. He could have done um, a 10-yard just turn and catch the ball. All day long, because that guy was backing off all day long after he got passed up on that 39-yard touchdown, or I'm sorry, 39-yard uh, reception, and then he gets beat for a 33-yard touchdown yeah. uh, a little bit later. But That was a um, great that Yeah, was a that great was a beautiful play. throw by, yeah. by uh, Morris and great catch by him. But, you know, I, him and, and um, Terrell Bynum, and then you throw in Taj Davis, he had another big day. Those guys having big days like they did, um, are big reasons why the offense was able to move the ball all over the place. Taj Davis, five uh, receptions for 94 yards. And, you know, the guy on the sideline that I kept looking at, you know, which everybody thought was going to have a big year, and that was Romu Dunze, you know. And if they can get Romu Dunze back, they've got um, Taj Davis going a little bit. They've obviously got Jalen McMillan going. How, how big is that going to be if they get Romu oh, Dunze a- back? Absolutely. There's four receivers that they can trust. Yeah. So yeah. So and Kate Otten kind of. I thought he struggled today catching the ball. Well, he he had two receptions for twenty three yards and the t- and the one touchdown, the very first touchdown of the day. Um, I don't know if he struggled no. catching See, the yeah, ball. To me, if you are Arkansas State's defensive coordinator, who are you trying to take out of the game in the past situation? Heading into the Kate game, Otten. it was Kate Otten. So when you try to take Kate out of the game, you're basically saying, we haven't seen enough of Terrell Bynum, even though he had a great game at Michigan. We still haven't seen enough of him. We don't have hardly any film of Jalen McMillan. We have a little bit of film on Taj Davis, but none of those guys have impressed us to the point where you guys feel like we, they could just take the top off anytime they wanted to. Well, as it turned out, they could. We knew they could. They just hadn't, hadn't done it yet. And then that's where you see a performance like you did from McMillan. Basically, what we saw from McMillan today is the same type of effort that we saw from Taj Davis in that last scrimmage that was open to the public. It was just a breakout performance. No one had any design or any thought of it going to happen. And then all of a sudden, it took a couple big catches for him to go, wait a second, is this guy going to have a big day or not? Because he literally, every big catch that he was thrown or every big uh, toss that he was thrown in 2020, he was dropping. The one in the end zone, I can remember a couple of them. Where he just dropped them. Fourth down. They just don't even bother to cover Kate Otten. 
well, it wasn't that. Um, it, it was. Oh, well, they got suckered in. They yeah, got they sucked got in. sucked in because they play action. They play action because they had been running the ball really well. And Morris showed great patience. He didn't rush the throw, and because he was pressured on that on that throw, and uh, still gets it off. And Otten just is wide open, but you could see it. The defense all sucked in. Otten just looped right behind him, and that was it. Again, Kate Otten with two receptions for 23 yards, and we failed to mention uh, Terrell Bynum had uh, four receptions for 64 yards. And 61. Also, 61. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was 61. Okay. Well, I, I wrote it. I wrote it several times. Okay. <laughs> I could be wrong, but I, I wrote it several times. All right, I wrote it once. And, so. and a touchdown. Okay. And a touchdown. Yeah. And a touchdown. So um, it's three I, yards, Scott. But why I, are you making a I, I think the story of the offense also has a lot to do with the running game. You know, Richard Newton, ten carries for 52 yards. Kamari Pleasant came in, eight carries. 48 yards. I'd like to see his stats for yards after contact. Because oh, yeah. He was a bowling ball out there. Um, Sean, Sean McGrew does exist. Six carries for 31 yards. And, Two uh, scores. Cam, Cam Davis, seven for 27. And the, a big the, touch, the touchdown by McGrew, the very first one that he had, the 13-yarder, where he made the linebacker look absolutely silly. Oh, yeah. That that cut that he made look he just looks silly. Yeah, the first carry, you know, he gets hit in the backfield. Yeah. But those are the but those are the things that these coaches know he's capable of doing. Mm-hmm. Are we simply here to surmise that he wasn't doing it in practice? Well, we had John, Jimmy Lake post game talking about how he had such a great week of practice. They needed to get him in on special teams that they had to get him a different jersey because they were getting him on the same special teams as Alex Cook, and you can't have two fives out there. So. Is it just literally a matter of Sean McGrew turning it on and all of a sudden the coaches are like, well, you've earned the right to come out and play? Because the bottom line is they used all four of their running backs that we expected them to see, expected to see all season long, and they finally decided to use them today. Why didn't they use them two weeks ago? Well, how much of a difference? Especially when you had Terrell Bynum out, when you had Jalen McMillan out, Roma Dunze out, and then well, Jalen Polk goes out after the fir- his first catch well, of his career. Well, let's, be, let's be honest. All the running backs look better. And why did they look better? The offensive line played night and day better than we've seen him in the first two no, games. No disagreement. No disagreement at all. And that's a huge part of any execution on the offense comes down at the line of scrimmage. And it starts there. And obviously they did a really, really good job of, of not only getting some lanes for the running backs, but really protecting Dylan Morris. And, and Morris was able to execute, and he was able to get out of plays and, and was able to move the ball down the field, which was a huge part of today. Because I'm still a big believer in the first two games. You know, I, I don't think Sean McGrew is any better than running into brick walls than the other two guys. And that's what was happening against Michigan and against Montana. There was just no room to run. Um, yeah, that's some of it. Um, I, I don't think Washington was... I, I think the second half versus Michigan, when Washington was able to, to make some plays down the field, I think, and, and then if rumors are to be had that Jimmy Lake basically told John Donovan that, hey, you know, you need to open this up. If you don't, we're not going to win, and, and we're all going to be out of a job. Um, maybe that's why things opened up for Sean McGrew today, besides the fact that Arkansas State just isn't very good defensively. Yeah. But, um, you know... Could he have made a difference against Michigan? I don't know. I, it's hard to say. But I, the thing is, is that he is a multi-talented guy. We're not talking about a running back going into brick walls. We're talking about a guy that can get outside, a guy you can use in the pass game, a guy you can use in the screen game. 
He's a very versatile kid who can make people miss. But how much? The other two guys were not making anybody miss. How much of these running lanes had to do with Washington's offensive line playing better and them throwing the ball downfield and opening it up? I think it was because they were able to throw the ball downfield a little bit that opened things up for the run game. Yeah. That everyone understood that if they were going to try to force it in. And and look, this you talked about why Kate Alton was so open on his touchdown. It's because they got sucked in on the play action. Why did they get sucked in on the play action? Because everything that was on tape against Montana and Michigan was Montana and Michigan stuffing the line of scrimmage at the box and basically daring Washington to throw. So if you're Arkansas State, why would you veer away from a formula that was that was, that worked really, really well for the out. first two teams? I figured out the first two games it was a setup yeah. for yeah. this Arkansas State game. <laughs> That's uh, Dylan Morris, 23 of 39 for 367 yards, three touchdowns, but those two turnovers, those two interceptions are going to – Bite him in the butt yeah, and film the, him. The one interception um, that he threw down the seam to Otten, um, I was on third and what, third and eight? And oh. I mean. Was that tipped at the line of scrimmage? No, that one. Was, no, that was the second the one. The second tipped. one was tipped. So, I, you know, maybe this, the first one they say, hey, there's a different read for you. But on the second one, he, his guy was open that he was throwing to. The guy just jumped up and made a good, got right in the lane and made a good play. Right. You know, but I, I thought Dylan had a pretty good game, yeah. you know, and then uh, there were a couple of scramble plays where I thought he had some guys open downfield where he threw the ball away, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that's just part of Dylan's mentality. He's not going to, you know, he's trying not to make those mistakes even though he had two, the two turns. Well, when he, when he sets up and he's, and he's going straight through the pocket downfield, I think he'll find people. It's when he starts to drift out to the right is when it's basically a lost cause because um, we saw that. All the time with Keith Price. Yeah. Once he started veering to the right, it was, it was out into the out into the bleachers. We also saw him take off a couple of times. We haven't seen that much. Yeah, this that year. was nice, especially that one up the middle for that first down. Yeah, um, and I still was, I still contend, nice. guys. I still contend that he needs to do some more read option where he keeps it. He's got to be able to keep defenses honest that way too. And and I know Cal, for instance, will see the tape of him and see some escapability and know that he can be a potential threat. But he's still not at the point where guys are going to spy on him and take up an, an entirely entire extra defender to try to like defend him. And because right now, he, he is bound to give up that ball all the time. Or he's going to pull it back and he's just going to try to pass it really quickly. It's just going to be one of those things. So I, I really hope to see that he tucks it. Because he, has, he doesn't have to do it that much, guys. He can, if he does it once or twice a game, that's all they need. And even if they don't necessarily get a ton of yards, maybe if they get one or two yards a pop, that's fine because it's the whole point is to keep the balance going. And and even though Washington ran the ball a lot at the end to just kind of salt the clock away, 83 plays, they still had only – they had 44 passes to, to 39 runs. I don't know if fans are going to be kind of curious about that or not because it sure felt like, right, it felt like they were just throwing the ball up and down the field all night long. But the bottom line is there was still a lot of balance that will help them – when California tries to game plan against them. Scott, you guys just, I, I mean, I can't tell. I'm down on the field. What did you see out of the offensive line today? They were getting movement. I mean, they allowed one quarterback sack, and that was because Dylan held the ball too long. And again, yeah. he's, he, yeah. he wants to escape up. So kudos to Dylan. I don't, mm. I don't think anyone's going to mind him getting sacked on that particular play because all the pressure mm. was coming but up. But he in really should have just gotten the ball, ball out. But, but it was. It was late. Yeah, he, he had plenty of time. Yeah, he had plenty of time. And then the, there were no quarterback hurries, at least not in the official stats. 
So um, I thought they did really well. I thought almost all of the the uh, runs were positive yardage. There were a few that were negative yardage where guys slanted in and whatever. But overall, I think I, I put them in my handouts to the standouts and, and just say, hey, as much maligned as they have been the first two weeks, and for good reason, they played really well. They were solid. Now, you can say that Arkansas State's defense isn't that good, and it really isn't. They have some talented guys up front. Well, a Kyron lot of transfers. Bennett. A lot of yeah, transfers. Yeah, a lot of transfers from Tennessee, from TCU, from Florida State. Yep. They've got guys coming in to play at this that were taken by high-end schools, Power 5 schools, to come. In. And so they're playing here. So Washington's defense, our offensive line, was able to hold up and hold those guys out. And I think that was huge yep. for, for this offense. And I think it gives – look – this offense lacked a lot of confidence. I, I think the Montana, the Montana game, I think they expected to come in and just roll. They didn't. Confidence plummets. Yep. Go into Michigan, confidence plummets even more. This, they needed this game in order to get their confidence back. And I think the offense is going to come out. They might not light up Cal. They might even lose to Cal. But I don't think we're going to see the same poor offense that we saw in the first two weeks moving forward because I think this offense has a little more little more um, confidence going in. We had the debut of Sam Heward tonight. Yep. He had, two for five. He was two for five for 31 yards. He had a couple of incompletes that were called pass interference calls. So mm-hmm. uh, how big Which is that? Went, and they were. How big is, how big is that to get, just get Sam out there a little bit? Because I, uh, I, I can only imagine what Damon and his mom were thinking. Both went to UW. Yeah. I, I, what do you think they were thinking when they saw Sam out there? It looked like Brock because of the way he drops back <laughs> and he's wearing his number. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, it's just, it, I mean, how cool is that to be a parent and see your kid out there playing for your alma mater um, and everything like that? He's not going to start this year, barring injuries. He's not going to start this year. But I think the fans got it, got to get the chance to see see what we saw of him throwing the ball around. He threw to his buddy several times, Jabez Tine. Yeah. Uh, Should have had... Um, would have had a nice long completion if not for that pass interference. Yeah. So, um, but he had a really nice uh, yeah. throw to Giles Jackson. Yeah, that was pretty. Was very pretty. You know, and yeah. I, I said I said it to you guys, and I'll say it again. And I, I've heard it from several people, like Johnny DeRocher and several other people who coach quarterbacks. When a left-hander drops back and throws the ball. There's nothing prettier. Well, he doesn't throw ducks. I mean, everything he throws is just, I mean, he spins it. I mean, it's a tight, tight spiral. Yeah, but it's got touch. It's weird because he guns it, but it still has touch. And more more than anything, guys, seriously, more than anything, his drive got points. Yep, got three points. Got three points out of it. So not only did he get a little taste of success, but he also got some points for the team. And it was, they got it the 12-yard line. It went 72 yards. They're feeling good about it. You know, he moved the ball. Ran the ball a little bit, threw the ball a little bit. Didn't you know? Didn't finish it the way they would want. But man, to get points off your very, very first drive in your in your UW career, that's a great deal. A little bit of adversity as well. Second snap, MJ Ollie decides to go on yeah. one instead of yeah. two. You know, so yeah, it puts him behind the sticks a little bit. Yeah, yeah. so he has a little bit of adversity there. And uh, just a couple stats from the from the game too on the offensive side of the ball. First downs, Washington had thirty first downs and. Uh, Arkansas State only had 15 rushing yards. Washington was 39 rushes for 200 net yards. That's a 5.1 average, mm-hmm. which you'll take any day. 
Arkansas State was 23 rushes for 48 yards, so they only averaged 2.1 yards per carry. Uh, total offense, Washington, 598 total yards on offense, and Arkansas State with 268, and a lot of that was in garbage time as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. A lot of that was in garbage time. Uh, third down, Washington, impressive, 8 of 14, so um, I like that a lot. Uh, Arkansas State was 5 of 18. And, and that was one of my keys. That yeah. was my key stat of the game because Washington was able to get off the field on third down. That was huge. And they got 15. Washington had 15 offensive drives. Yeah. I, I don't remember the last time they had 15 offensive lot. drives in a game. Yeah. I don't know if you've tracked this at the beginning of the season, but this might be a season high. They had 61 uh, players participate today. Oh, for sure. I guarantee you it was. 61. Guarantee you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, and that's still not a ton. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a fair amount, but that's not a ton. Yeah, so uh, story of the game I still think was the defense, and we're going to cover the defense. I thought you and... just said it was the offense. No. Well, they scored some points finally. This is true. Yeah, yeah I think that's just – but I, I thought the defense won the day. So I agree. We'll go down that and more when we return. It's the guys from Dogman.com on Dogman Radio. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we're back it's the guys from dogman.com i'm kim grinnells with chris fetter scott eckland we are looking at uh to the right side we're looking at lake washington and uh it looks like late October. Yeah, it's, it's raining pretty hard out yeah. there. It's raining pretty hard out there for those of you who aren't here. But uh, Washington soundly defeats Arkansas State 52-3. to Again, attendance. Announced attendance. I think this isn't really attendance. I think it's tickets distributed. Absolutely. 58,772. And it was band day, so there was a lot of band members and seagulls and vendors and everything. Here, well, what did so. they say? There was like, what, 1,200 band members on the field for yeah. the that include the husky band too, something but, like that yeah. but uh i think the the player of the day you know from what i saw you guys like i said you guys always have a different angle but uh the guy just not only making plays but the energy and the intangibles he brought bookie radley yeah. hiles was all over and the place one today. part i did remember hearing we, we had mentioned earlier that you asked if we had heard and i was writing while i was while jimmy was talking yeah. but the one part i did hear was him talking about Brennan Radley Hiles, and he said he played solid at, at in yeah, the Montana kept game, improving. and 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 he played really well. But he said yeah. this this is by far the best game that he's yeah. played. He was all over the place. 
nine tackles, a sack, two tackles for loss, a pass breakup, a fumble recovery. I mean, he, he filled up the stat sheet. And, for sure. And he was my defensive player of the game. There are some other guys who I thought played really, really well, and we'll get to those here in a second. But, um, you know, I you just can't put a – you can't really put a – Price tag, whatever you want to call it, on what he was able to do. He he influenced every part of the game. Passing game, running game, all that stuff, he influenced it. We yep. haven't had a chance to talk to Bookie. Now, I don't know if they... No, well, this is his first chance. Oh, okay. today. Today, yeah. yeah. Did, did they pipe his interview in? Uh, I couldn't tell. I thought we yeah. just heard Dylan Morris. Yeah, Dylan is the only one I remember. Because I'm telling you right now, if you get a chance, listen to the audio of Bookie. Um, sometimes words can only take something so far just to hear him talk the tone he talked the way he talked he's impressive mm-hmm. he's really impressive and uh, you know you may think that Eddie Lulafoscio you know is the straw that stirs a drink it's Bookie well, well now it's <laughs> you, know, you weren't you weren't talking about uh, Ulafosio stirring anything today because he didn't even start. He, yeah. And he barely played that. I he remember. didn't play a ton. No. What he did is he played in some of those unique hybrid up front, yeah. where they were where they were using them as as actual like outside linebackers yeah. and mm-hmm. rush ends. But I just to, thought that Bookie just set the tone for the day. He was all over the place. He was getting guys well, up, and I I love him rushing the quarterback. Like I said, I, f- I feel like ever since the first two games have happened, we've had to like. You know, bring people back into like some of the things that were happening in spring and fall to remind them because they were able to see the same things too. And everything that we had heard about Bookie Radley Hiles coming in from Oklahoma to Washington was that how much of a perfect fit he was going to be for the style of nickel based defense that they run. He was going to be the next Miles Bryant, he was going to be the next Elijah Molden. And stuffing the stat sheet like he did tonight. That's no different than what those guys would do, and that's exactly what you expect that that uh, Nickelback to be able to do. And so I'm not saying that he didn't do that the first couple games, but he really influenced tonight's game in a way that was obviously very different than Montana or Michigan. Rushing off the edge, it was I was getting visions of Buddha Baker. Yeah, I was getting Buddha flashbacks the way he was getting after the quarterback. Too. Well, and, and a special mention to Jacoby Covington, who certainly <laughs> certainly did his part uh, later in the game when they had the, the, the number twos up there. And uh, yeah, I thought I didn't know if he was going to get either a uh, foul for personal foul for almost like headhunting, or if he was going to get a foul for excessive celebration or something but either way it was a phenomenal play and it goes to show you know kind of the the myriad things that these defensive backs are capable of doing when they're when they're on their game I was expecting the referee to call you know uh, throw a flag on that and then yeah. the announcement of uh, you know personal foul number 12 attempting to behead the quarterback yeah <laughs> well no they had they had a, they ended up with the personal foul later in that in that uh, or I don't know if it was that same series or the next series with mm-hmm. uh Hey Mooley, Daniel Hey Mooley, yeah. with the fault with the pressure on the quarterback. But yeah, I mean, what was interesting, Kim, to me is that you know if you really looked at Arkansas State those first two games and they played Central Arkansas and, and Memphis, they had the two-headed quarterback system where they didn't want to play two quarterbacks. But as it turned out, when the first guy just wasn't cutting it, the second guy came in and was unbelievably effective. And, and whether it was Hatcher or whether it was Blackman, it didn't really matter because the other guy would always come in. Like, for instance, you know, Blackman came in in the second half against Memphis and threw for 306 yards and four touchdowns. That's why he started, I think, today. 
And I'm honestly surprised he played as long as he did. Exactly because he the thing is, it what Lane Hatcher didn't come into the game until it was four thirty eight nothing or thirty five nothing. I get whatever it was. Yeah, whatever it was, the game was so far out of reach that I couldn't tell what if Butch Jones was like. Was that a give up move, or was that just to for him to get some reps to kind of. Stay keep in, the, keep thing. Him in the thing. Yeah, it was just how miserable the game was at the beginning of the, uh, the you know the first half. It rained hard, and it rained steady, steadily hard the entire first half. There was a point early in the third quarter where it just looked like Arkansas State did not want to be here. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just yeah. you could get that vibe, and I, I certainly got that vibe uh, down on the field. But uh, and that's a, that's an advantage that Washington has to be able to use all the time. Not just against Arkansas State. Seasons are always interesting because at some point players always break out and they appear, you know. And a couple of years ago we had the breakout. Nobody knew who uh, Eddie Ulafoscio was, and he had that breakout game with two fumble recoveries on special teams. But I think we had another one of those breakout players today in Carson Bruner. He had that. Sure um, did. Yeah. <gasps> he had um, he was eight, all, eight tackles. He had eight tackles, was all over the place, and uh, and he made a, I mean, he made a couple of big hits too. Yeah, he did. He was, it, it was like a heat-seeking missile. It, yeah. when, the, when the ball would go, he just he went full speed. He didn't break down. He just blew guys up. And um, man, I was I was very impressed with what he did. See, well, here's what I want you to do because uh, you know Carson's dad, mm-hmm. Mark, and his mom were. Uh, on the sidelines for the Michigan game. I know that they were here today. Mm-hmm. You know, and Mark's now scout for the Pittsburgh Steelers, of course. I want you to uh, text uh, Mark and see if you can get a scouting report mm-hmm. on Carson mm-hmm. for today. No, see if he'll give you Mark one. Mark will never give me one. He will <laughs> never do that. He's like, that's my son. I'm not going to, I'm not doing that. Can you that. give me the scouting report you gave to the Steelers on your son today? Yeah. No, but he was no. all over the in place. In all seriousness, seriously, in all seriousness, it was very ZTF like. And I'm not saying because obviously they play different positions. But it was just one of those where he really just impressed with his athleticism and his speed going sideline to sideline. I mean, one of those first plays, he's literally flying to the Washington sideline, and he's just going. I mean, he is going hell-bent for leather. I mean, it was like, okay, 42's out there now, and it's like we didn't get enough uh, chance to see that during spring and fall. Because obviously this is he just his second move year. back from outside. Correct. And, yeah. and he was in the middle of a move. And so, you know, the, most of the times that we would see him, it would be with, like, Ben Hines or it would be, like, with uh, Fuavai, you know, some of the other walk-on guys uh, in the middle linebacker Fowler, spot. Drew Fowler. Drew Fowler, exactly. So we didn't get the chance to really see him when he was properly going, like, full tilt. Well, we saw it today, and it was impressive. And and not just that, he's he is a guy that he just looked like he was put. He's not the biggest guy in the world out there in the middle. What is he? Probably two twenty now, two twenty five. Two twenty five, probably. Yeah. yeah. But he is he is a guy that is literally you could just tell he's putting his body on the line every play. Here and and he and, he's, and he and he has an instinct when, for the ball like Ulafosio, yeah. very much. When, so. when we watch when I watch Jackson's sermon, he has improved a lot. But I still think he's he's still not 100% trusting what he's seeing. And I think he's maybe a step or slower than he needs to be to be really super effective. But with Carson Bruner, there is no hesitation. 
he literally yeah in that in diagnoses that way, it and he goes. I was gonna say in that way he's got he's got some Ben Burkert. Ben, I was just gonna say that the yeah. inside linebackers were pretty much a pinata for a lot of the fan base last year and you know when you're talking to the coaches and you ask them where their most depth was and they talked about inside linebacker and we got a really good hey, dose of that today with you know uh, not only Carson Bruner but MJ Tafisi out there you know um, Hamuli you know played a lot so you know Hamuli hey, started yeah what tell us what was going on with the linebackers I, and the starters and just the the substitution I, I can't great, great tell question. you I, it's, it's question. a question that we're probably going to have to ask Jimmy and, Lake and to be honest with Monday. you Lake did note oh. he didn't obviously say in specifics because he's never going to tell you. But he said that there were some guys that were dealing with a little bit of some nicks. Oh, okay. So that tells me that Thule might have been nicked up a little bit. Also tells me Ulafosio may have been nicked up a little bit too. Because I just don't see Ulafosio getting taken out of that game. Mm-hmm. I just don't I don't see him taken out of that game unless there's something physically going on with him. Do you see any drop off without having him in there? Um, not no. against not against this team. Not this team. Let's, Maybe let's, other teams. Let's but see not this what team. it looks like against Cal right. before we get too excited. Well, this was the number one passing team in the country. Yes, but yeah, but who have they played? Central Arkansas and Memphis. Still a number one passing team in the country. I. I yeah. There's no doubt about that. There's no doubt yeah. about. that. I don't and think you can argue that. I just. I, I was just really impressed with Carson Bruner, and I, I, I absolutely. And I, th- I thought MJ Tafisi made some plays out there too. MJ Tafisi should have had an interception. But Kim, if you want to talk about what Washington was able to do against their their passing offense, to me that was a win for Bob Gregory. That was a win for Rip Rowan. That was a win for Akaika Malloy. Those guys in their their front, they schemed the hell out of that game. We saw some fronts like. You know, and again, this is why Jimmy Lake loves going up against these spread style offenses so much, is because they can dial up such exotic looks up front. We we had the one where there was no defensive lineman on the field. Ula Foscio was being used as an outside linebacker and twisted up inside and could have gotten James Blackman uh, if he hadn't gotten rid of the ball so quickly. But they literally had they had Ula Foscio, Savelle Smalls, Ryan Bowman, and who else was it? There was, I think there was another end. Trice, maybe? I think it was, uh, it was Trice, Trice, I think yeah. was on there. There was Savelle Smalls a few times. Yeah. yeah. So they, they, they really used some exotic looks, to, I think, to frankly confuse uh, Arkansas State and make it really tough for them to kind of know where the things were coming from. And then, of course, when you're only running like those three or four guys to try to think, you, you've got cover eight behind you. So, yes, I know Washington fans were really – upset about throwing the safety that far deep against Michigan and Montana, but against a team like this, it makes total sense. Okay. Um, one thing that I did not mention, I'm going to have to go and add to my story, is because um, I mentioned Alex Cook and the kind of day he had. He had a block punt. He sure when did. When was the last time we had, saw a block punt from this team? It's been a, it's been a couple, couple years ago, yeah. I think, at least. And, and, and it was, what was really funny was the TV uh, broadcast showed... Keith Bonifa and the players are all shaking him and roughing him up, saying that was your call. He made that call, and no. y- you could see it coming. I mean, yeah. they had five guys converge on that, no, Cook- <laughs> and Arkansas State almost got a first down. Yeah, out of <laughs> no. When it when it comes to the defense, Cook and Bruner, I think, were the object guys in terms of if you wanted to see guys literally making a difference just based on their hustle and being at the right place at the right time and making a difference that way. 
those two guys, I thought, played the best games. Just one, you know, one minor disappointment, I think, from the game, and one little bit of cause of concern. We still didn't see the pass rush that we were mm-hmm. hoping to see. Um, you know, a lot of that because they were in the dime package and just running different schemes, but uh, we just yeah. didn't see that. They, it looked like they a contained, some, it was a contained scheme. It was a contained totally. scheme, but it also, they got pressure. They just didn't get to him. Yeah. Um, they got some pressure, though. There were a couple times they got him off his spot. Um, there, were, How close was Ryan Bowman at least two or three times where he hit the quarterback as he's throwing the ball, and it ended up being an incomplete pass. Right. So, you know, I, I'm not going to say it was a world beater or anything like that. It was like Zion is in there and no, no hasn't missed a beat. But I think it's better than it shows on the stat sheet. Because if you watch the game, when, when people would rewatch this game, and I know people will – because they want to see what happened when they, you know, whatever. They're going to see a better pass rush than I think. It wasn't great, but it wasn't bad. I had a I missed the um, uh, Chris Berman moment mm-hmm. because I would have loved to have seen Chris Berman with the highlights on uh, Brayson Trice rumbling, rumbling, bumbling yeah. down the sideline. He was gassed. But absolutely destroyed the quarterback. Yeah. It just did. It just look like the Arkansas State players just stood there and looked at it. Well, I think they were confused as to what exactly happened. I was a little confused myself. But bottom line is, Tuatelli forced that sack and forced the or not sack, but he forced the fumble, and then Trice just picked it up and did what you're supposed to do if you're mm-hmm. coached well, which is take the ball into the end zone and then let the referee sort it out. Yes. Kind of like a runaway bear truck. Yeah, but but the bottom line is he was on the he was at the right place, and the thing was it was such a weird play that Tuatelli made that that fumble and made that that play happen literally like what two three yards from the sideline. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about that's a defensive tackle, that's hustle, that's pursuit. Those are all the things that you want your defense to be known for. And they haven't had a they've been waiting for this big turnover for this you know. And all, Bookie was the season. one that got the first one. And then, and then we know that you know from this week that Kyler Gordon and Trent McDuffie were where they had this online thing or or this this competition between themselves as to who was going to get the first pick, and it was Julius Irvin who gets it. So I wonder if he was. I wonder if he uh, had placed a marker down for himself to to win something in little, that bet. A little bit of a concern. Uh, Trent McDuffie on a punt return tweaked his ankle. He went into the training room with the uh, trainers, and he came back out. He was still limping. He had his ankle. Um, taped up quite a bit. Um, I'm yeah, guessing but at that, that point in the game, I'm guessing he'll be okay. And yeah, also, at this point in the game, there if, was no if reason. If it wasn't to play in him. a boot, if it wasn't in anything yeah. like that, then it's probably not a big deal. But we'll have to wait and see. And Kyler Gordon also looked like he tweaked his um, his ankle a little bit too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but he, he he played the rest of the game and well till the starters were pulled, yeah. and then uh, Jalen McMillan. Looked like something happened to his ankle toward the end of the first half. Yeah, the first half. But he went running in. And so I'm like, it can't be that bad if he's running in. And then he runs back out. And he ends up making a couple more catches in the second half. Yeah. Just overall, nice, impressive performance. But, um, you know, this is what probably would have been expected, you know. But uh, the way the team's been played the first two games, it's just kind of a relief, you know, Husky fan base. I think this turned the temperature down a little bit from where it's been because it's been pretty hostile and uh, pretty heated this uh, past week. Yeah. So this takes the temperature down a little bit. So yeah, from, ni- from 99 to 88 90. To for, 88, for those yeah. that wanted to see something and sound, found some room 
and reason to be positive, yes, this will turn the temperature down a little bit. Obviously, it'll still be wait and see until Cal, but for those that are, aren't sold on Donovan, for those that aren't sold on Lake, they're going to say this game would, didn't mean anything. I don't care. We don't care if oh, if, there's if people they, saying it right now. Yeah, we don't care if they put 680 yards on Memphis. What difference does it make? Memphis sucks. You know, oh, Arkansas State sucks. Sunbelt teams suck. You know, they're 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 going to justify anything to not feel good about what's going on with the program right now because they've already made their minds up, Kim. They three games into the season, they've already made their minds up. Finish line at home. Take us home, Scott. Um, I. All-around win for the Huskies. I thought they played unbelievably defensively considering what this team was um, heading into the game. Um, Arkansas State putting up five, over 500 yards and 45 points a game. Washington holds them to three points and less than 300 yards. Awesome, awesome performance by the defense. Offense did what they were supposed to do. I think this is what we should have seen at least, at the very least, against uh, Montana. We didn't see it, so I guess it's a pleasant surprise. Let's see if they can continue it. Great momentum into conference play, but they got to get it done in conference play. It can't just be, um, you know, you beat Arkansas State 52-3, to and then you come out and you lay an egg against Cal, and you lay an egg against Oregon State. They have to keep improving. And I think Jimmy Lake's got that on the mind, but uh, we'll have to see next week. Proof will be in the pudding. Wrap it up, Chris Fetters. Yeah, well, Kibby, I know you're always one of those forward momentum people. You're never going to go look back and stuff. But I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of Washington fans. They're going to watch this tape and go, where was this two weeks ago? What the hell happened against Montana? Because the thing is, even if they played like they played against Michigan, and and, and that was not a good game by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not going to say it was. But I think a lot of Washington fans could sit here and go, look, if we blew out Montana, if we blew out Arkansas State, and then we lost the way we did to Michigan, it might be the same old, same old, but at least we didn't fully embarrass ourselves like we did against against Montana. Montana. And so everyone's going to look at this game and go, this isn't the same Washington team in any phase of play that we saw two weeks ago. So what in the hell happened? They're, those questions are going to dog Jimmy Lake and his coaching staff for weeks now, unless they can pile on performance after performance after performance to show that, it, that, that an actual pattern is emerging, where they, where they clearly put all those games in the rear view and are well ahead. So if I'm a Washington fan, I'm sitting here going, I look at this game and go, well, on the one hand, where was this two weeks ago? But on the other hand, this is going to show those guys that if you put in the week of practice you're supposed to put in, and if the coaches do what they're supposed to do in terms of scheming correctly in all three phases, you can come out and you can really put together a complete performance. It's not difficult to do if you're prepared. And so hopefully the players and coaches take that on board. They, they enjoy the success. They feel good about it because everyone, Jimmy Lake's sitting here with smiles on everyone's faces. Everyone feels good. They got their swagger back. They got their confidence back. But how much of this is going to translate to next weekend? Because that's the bottom line. Bottom line is, can they carry this over to Cal? And that's what everyone's going to want to know. It's still going to take a while to get the, you know, those two losses in the rearview mirror. Uh, you know, it just hasn't been long enough. But I think it's really important for Washington to win those uh, next two games going into the bye week and going into the bye week three and two. These are three pretty important games and to keep everything 
going and to keep that momentum going and get into that bye week at three and two. Because I think uh, a loss in the next two games is no matter what, it's going to turn that heat right back up. So um, home game at Cal and then back down to Oregon State. And it sure feels like fall out here, guys. The weather wasn't really cold, but boy, it was kind of dark and wet and everything else that, uh, you know, you, you you know, I'm just waiting. You know, the leaves off the trees, you know, next to the lake haven't fallen off, but uh, I don't think they're still that, green. Yeah, I don't think that's far off with the weather we've got going. So, um, Cal next week. So um, we're looking forward to that. And big, should be a big recruiting weekend too. Six thirty kickoff for the Cal game. So and we'll find out on Sunday or Monday, right, about Oregon State. Yeah. yeah. Stick, we should stick with us. We got a lot of football left in this season. So for all of us at Dogman.com, I'm Kim Grenolds along with Chris Fetter, Scott Eckland, and intern Jack. We didn't invite because he hadn't finished his work yet. So he's out there working hard. So uh, we'll see you next week. Go dogs. <laughs>